0: It's the full court press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
1: Welcome back to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now.
0: Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews.
2: There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness. Of what uh, we bring to the table.
0: Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press.
3: Yes, touchdown, did get it?
4: What is going on? It's a Friday here on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM 1390 AM The fan. Also 1069thefan.com and the 1069thefan mobile app. If you want to listen to the show, that's where you should go. How are we going how long are we going to keep this do <laughs> this is running gag? Don't up? don't go to the evil tune in. It's messed up.
5: It'll be one of the things we have to mention every time we come on <laughs> the show. Might need to. Is
4: how much we hate tune in <laughs> just until they get their crap together. Which so point then we'll praise them every time. Yeah. Oh yay, look at them. They finally got it right. Uh, So, man, we covered a lot of different uh, topics last hour. This hour, we're mostly going to be focusing on Utah State and Weber State. It's uh, the matchup tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, on Merlin Olsen Field. Pre-game coverage on KVNU game day will begin at 3.30, which will be simulcast here on the fan. Go right up until kickoff. And then immediately following the game, we will have KVNU Aggie call. And uh, also simulcast here on The Fan, taking your calls, your reactions, your texts to what happened between Weber State and Utah State. And um, to this hour is going to be focused on that matchup, the predictions that we think might happen Saturday, things we would like to see happen, and then what we think the final score outcome will be. And love to get your, your score predictions, too. On the full court press text line, it's open. Love to get your predictions for the game. Things you'd like to see on Saturday with this Utah State team scoring off against an FCS opponent. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to give us your score prediction for tomorrow, uh, and uh, we'll hear a little bit too from uh, Jay Hill and uh, Coach Anderson about the the matchups too. But before I get to my score prediction, Jason, I, I think that. You and I have talked about this a a, a few different times, and it shouldn't come to any surprise to anybody listening, that the thing that I want to see, I'm still not sure that I will see on Saturday. And that is, I want to see a vertical passing attack. But I don't know that Weber State is going to take away the run, and Utah State will still be committed to getting that offensive line and those running backs reps. And just like at UConn, they'll see something that they can take advantage of, and they will continue to do it just to keep guys safe, keep guys healthy, uh, and not go vertical as much as I would like them to, to go to see what they can do. Yeah, I was,
5: you know, I was trying to use the last three matchups the Utah State's played against Weber State to try and inform some of the things I may expect to see. And that's a bit noisy because only one of those matchups, Jay Hill, was around. or I, I can't remember exactly the year Jay Hill first started. I want to say it was like 2014 or 2015. Um, I think 2016 was actually the first year they made the FCS playoff, I want to say. Hmm. And they did play Utah State in that year. Now, but then the, the previous two was 2013-2011. Weber State wasn't nearly as good back then. Um, but looking at those... I mean, first off, you're talking about seeing a vertical passing attack. I mean, in those past past three matchups, Utah State's averaging 21 passes a game. So, Logan Bonner is almost a shoo-in to not throw more than 25 times. May not even break 20.
4: Uh, that that's entirely possible. Well, and and how much is he going to play? Like he's his knee started swelling against Alabama. How healthy is he? Well, he played really? the whole. He played pretty much the whole UConn game. He played the whole UConn game. They kept him pretty clean. <laughs> Not that I believe that Weber State's going to necessarily rough him up, but it's possible. Jay Hill's an aggressive, defensive-minded mind, uh, pl- uh, coach. But um, how much reps will he get, period? Yeah. And, and it may be because the score's out of hand and there's no need to have him in, out there for risk of getting hurt. That's a possibility, too. Yeah, I think if everything goes well, he could be a out- at halftime
5: or out after the first drive of the third quarter. That seems to be pretty typical for these blowout games, is you never take them out in the second quarter or at halftime. You, you give them one series in the third quarter, try and seal things up. It's what Alabama did. Utah State kind of broke convention by pulling Logan Bonner themselves in the second quarter. That was kind of odd. It's one of the reasons I asked about it in the post game. Um, So, you know, One thing I said earlier this week is I basically just want to see a rhythm out of Logan Bonner. A couple of drives. A drive where he goes like 4 of 5 on passing and they throw it around a little bit. Maybe a drive where he goes 6 of 7. Just one of those early drives where maybe put him in some rhythm alongside the run and then just see something good out of him. Maybe they try a vertical shot. Something. I don't need to see a ton of it. Just a little bit of rhythm, a confidence boost for Bonner and saying, all right, I actually can pass the ball again after that injury. Kind of like what UConn was, because against UConn, he went 20 of 29. Pretty solid day for him, you know, in 280 yards. This time out, maybe only like 12 of 15 for a buck 70 and maybe a touchdown. I'd be okay with that. Just see something out of him. Um, As far as what I'm expecting, lots of rushing. Uh, Yeah. The, the two highest team rushing totals for Utah State this century were both against Weber State, 2011 and 2016. They both ran for over 400 yards. We could see that again today. And with their commitment to running the ball and how decent they've been, you know, they're good against UConn, iffy against Alabama. Well, worse than iffy at times. <laughs> I don't know. If that may be too kind of a word. Yeah. But. And, you know, I think they can go three deep against Weber State. They may not go three deep against all teams, but you got Tyler, who's probably going to get 25-ish carries uh, score, depending he may come out before reaching that. Or, you know, it's hard to predict exact carry totals, but he could have around 25. He's an outside shot at 200 yards rushing. um, But 400-yard rushing in for Utah State, I don't think is out of the question. Uh, 200 yards at least. Three hundred yards, probably four hundred yards possible.
4: Uh, a couple of people, uh, I put this out on social media earlier, uh, on Twitter, and a couple people responding with some of their score predictions or things they'd like to see happen. Uh, at Kanes Aggie on Twitter, forty-four to three Aggies. Weber scores first. I lose my mind. <laughs> so maybe Weber State kicks a field goal first, and then Utah State kicks it into gear. Uh, at Ida Ag ninety-three. Predicts USU 35, Weber State 18. Uh, and then at five Jazz fans, 58 56, USU. Holy cow. That would be frightening if that were the case. Wasn't
5: that the score of the Utah State BYU game mm. that it was back in, that in like the 70s? Yeah. Calvillo threw for like 500 yards or something like it was that? In the 80s. Yeah, the 80s, something like that. Yeah, yeah it was Weatherby days. It's the highest scoring, I think, game in Utah State football history. And I think it's the single game passing record.
4: Was that John L. Smith? Who was the coach that year? I don't know who the coach was. I just know that Calvia was the quarterback. That was Weatherby. Yeah, 58 56. Utah State won that one back in 1993. 93? Oh, so it was even. I was
5: going way too far back. Um,. Five two five three it says last year North Dakota seemed to catch us off guard be- uh, before we finally got going. I want to see whistle to whistle play regardless of the opponent. Spotting the opponent fourteen like we did with- like we did with North Dakota, and also likely like we did with UConn before we play lights out and shut them down, isn't a winning strategy. Despite those two exceptions, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I know it, it does kind of, uh, you know. It makes me wonder if Weber State will come out hot because Utah State's done that a lot. I meant to look it up exactly how many times they've done that against a team with a losing record. I know I kind of went into that. Um, I think it was my UConn reaction I looked up some of those stats Hmm. to show that it was pretty common. I can't remember how many times they've done it against a losing team. I think they did it four times against a, a losing team last year, one of those being an FCS team. So, maybe Weber State uh scores first, maybe they score twice first, and then Utah State has a good second quarter, and you know this seems to be a set formula,
4: yeah, but um <coughs> i I'm, one of my things that I'd like to see is similar to the UConn game in game one you're you're facing an opponent which you should you should dominate, you should be better than, but I want to see that solid effort. Just like what was just said, from whistle to whistle. And I think the defense had that uh, in week one. Excuse me, in game one. <laughs> in week zero against UConn. Um, the the def- or the offense got was a little slow getting going. But um, I, I, similar thing for me on Saturday. Because there's likely opportunity for Cooper Legata to get in the game, Levi Williams to get into the game. The second linebacker unit, and and others, to get reps in this game, but I want to be able to see this team continuing to have solid effort. Where, like this is, th- these are games where underclassmen can get solid reps and not count against your your year, right? These are games that they should be playing to get reps, get good game film, but not count against your your clock. And that's uh, part of why the, you have these games is to work out some of your kinks and then provide opportunities to develop your, your, under, your underclassmen, other guys who may not normally get reps at, through the course of the season. This is their opportunity to do it. And uh, I really want to see Utah State continue to have that solid effort where they're executing and moving the ball down the field while also stopping Weber State. Yeah, you mentioned that
5: you know opportunity to play underclass when they kind of lost that with UConn because they had to play their starters most of the game. They kind of got it back with Alabama, but that was always kind of be going to be expected. But you like to get them in where they're having success against, against Alabama. They're getting their butts kicked. You know this game is going to be all about confidence and rhythm. You know, get yourself some confidence on both sides of the ball. Don't give up fifty-five points. Don't get shut out. You know, kind of maybe come close to reversing those. Give yourself confidence going into the bye week, and then you know review the game film from it, and then come back and get ready for conference play. Now that that's the key here. And obviously, in in building conference, you got to start doing those little things. You need to you need to be executing things like that. You got to come out whistle the whistle. You got to do that. Otherwise, if you act like this is just a confidence game, well then you're going to do what you did against UConn and get yourself in trouble. And then suddenly you're all doubting yourselves because. You've lost 55-0 and then barely beat an FCS and a UConn team. You know, come out, full head of steam, you know, all the attitude, all the stuff you had from last year, that mentality you had last year, come out, kick the crap out of Weber State. Impose your will. Yeah. And, and you have to work to do that. You will not trip into dominating Weber State. You might trip into a win like you did against UConn. But to dominate and to get the things we want out of this game, the things like you and I want out of this game, they have to come out swinging. They can't be, you know, and they can have a conservative game plan. You're know, running the ball a lot. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. They need to come out, you know, in, in the run game, punch them in the mouth, all those kind of things. They have to work to get the dominance that they want to have out of this game.
4: Right, and it would be nice to set the tone rather than see what the other team's going to do and then react. Let ha- make them react to you, if they can. Yeah, I- ideally you make them react, and then the still don't let them. <laughs> yeah, don't let them because they can't react. So uh, 2-1-9-7, 70s, seven, seventies eighties, ten 1993 My first Aggie game. Now, yeah, what an exciting first game to yeah, go to. That's a heck of a start. Fifty eight fifty six, uh one five seven zero. Michigan did lose to Appalachian State. Yeah, that's true. Um. I guess there's a previous text here, probably should stop overlooking teams. UConn was a 27 underdog, and Utah State struggled for most of the game against them. I know they should beat Weber, but let's not get too crazy.
5: Yeah, well, again, they, they beat UConn, and they beat these teams they were it against last year. They beat North Dakota. The key is, can you finally stop letting them score? Not to say score first, because sometimes that just happens. But, you know, if they get the ball first and they have the one good drive. Can you make it so you're not going down 14-0, 21-7, all that? Like, it's really fun to put in the media guide how many times Utah State's come back from double-digit deficits. But for once, can they not do that? <laughs> yeah, It's uh, limited returns on that. Like I said, we're at like, 13 or 14 times they've been down double digits. They've won, like, 10 or 11. I can't remember the stat. But it's like,
4: can we have, like, more than three games where you just, you know. Uh, Here's some comments from Coach Anderson. Uh, We we mentioned this is a Weber State uh, coach who is cut from the same mold of the University of Utah who always has great defensive schemes and aggressive efforts and trying to implement that uh, at Weber State as well with an aggressive defensive
2: attitude. They play very aggressive. They'll get in your face, play man coverage against anybody, you obviously see their first game. They, they, uh, it was never in question. Uh, they dominated from beginning to end. But you watch them a year ago, uh, when they play Utah, a, a team that you would expect is way more athletic, and they still stick to their plan. They play man coverage. I think they faked five punts last year, and four, three or four of them were successful. He he's plays to win. He plays aggressive ball. We're gonna have to win in one-on-one battles. Be sound, and. and um, and earn everything you get same thing I think he does a great job uh and
4: then on the flip side uh, Jay Hill has a lot of respect for Coach Anderson and what he has done and is currently doing at Utah State
3: well I do have a ton of respect for him because um he he's taken over a program and done extremely well in doing so it's hard to do that in your first year I wasn't nearly as successful here. We were staying my first year. So um, I know I know those battles that, that occur as you're trying to win players over and you're trying to gain confidence in them and all the while put a winning product out on the field. So I understand that. I do think that he took over a very good program that had good players and, and from a coach that knew exactly what he was doing in Gary Anderson. So uh, but yeah, I got all the respect in the world for Blake for all he's accomplished. I love the way his team plays. They play hard. They play physical. They let it rip on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're very well coached and disciplined, so um, he's got all my respect. There's there's very few times you go into games thinking these guys do the right things um, across the board in all phases, and and these guys do it, and so Blake's got my utmost respect, and and confidence in what he'll continue to accomplish there.
4: Yeah, so mutual respect for these two coaching staffs and uh, different levels of success where they're at. Um, and uh, it, I have a lot of respect for Jay Hill. Uh, he, the, it was a guy that I thought Utah State should really pursue when Gary Anderson got was fired, and uh, that that's somebody who should be on the list that they should be targeting as the next head coach in Logan. Yeah, he's a guy who... He's built a program, and that's
5: what you want to find out of coaches is program builders. And, you know, as far as his qualification for the Utah State job, you know, when you have guys maybe in FCS or a lower FBS level, there's a lot of carryover in terms of how they'll do their job when they come to Utah State. There's not as much carryover when you go from mid to lower FBS into, you know, the top-tier FBS because suddenly your job is – way different. Yeah, much more complicated. Yeah. The methods Jay Hill's using to get recruits at Weber State is probably not too different from what Gary Anderson has to do. You know, you're trying to find diamonds in the rough. Blake Anderson? Did I say Gary.
4: Yeah.
5: It's not the first time I've done that. <laughs> uh. Anyway, Coach A. Yeah, Coach A. Anderson. Coach Anderson. Uh yeah, so the, the methods are going to be similar. Obviously, Jay Hill going after not as high recruits, but you know, similar methods, diamond in the rough. That's what you're trying to do. And then development.
4: So, you know, they've both done pretty well where they're at so yeah, far. Yes, they have. Uh, we'll hear more from the coaches coming up here in just a moment. We'll also give our score predictions for the game. If you want to give yours, love to hear what your thoughts are, uh, how this game will play out on Saturday, 435 here on the Full Court Press. Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair, he's on the go. So he can come to you where you need that help, ready to get your car repair tackled quickly, locally owned and operated, and he's certified, so he knows what he's doing. So if you've got a vehicle issue, whether you're stranded at home or at work or even on the side of the road, give him a call, 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345.
0: Hey, it's Garrett Granton with Granton Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASC technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's A.C. running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345.
6: It's time for the Big Hunt. But what do you do after you bag your trophy game? This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have several freezers in stock for you to store your big game harvest, including a Frigidaire 20-cubic-foot upright freezer in white for only $9.89. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance service and sales west on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturdays. See
7: Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson's.
6: Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at GSEgenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models.
0: The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
4: Mountain West Motor invites you in helping them drive change in our community each month. Mountain West Motor selects a local nonprofit or a cause to donate funds to, so we can all drive change by helping those in need. Visit Mountain West Motor and explore your next adventure and see who they're helping out this month at their new location, 615 North Main in Logan or MWMotor.com. Score predictions, game predictions for Utah State and Weber State. Uh, the rest of the Mountain West schedule rundown is coming up a little bit later on this hour with this week in the Mountain West. But um, getting your predictions for the game, and uh, I had a couple more reactions on on Twitter. 45-17 from at JJSJJ24 says yes, I know the line is minus seven. Uh, at Drew22Wilson says Aggies 48 to 10. Speaking of, I think forty-five seventeen was a previous score. I think that was 2013. Hmm. Uh, 5662 texting in. Random question. Any chance to pregame and the postgame Aggie call can be loaded as podcast form? So uh, they are loaded as podcast but that's on the KVNU feed. Um, but I actually had that very thought of putting it on our podcast feed as well since it's on this station and it's what these, you know, our audience likes to listen to anyway. So uh, I, will, I will try to get that on our uh, uh, 106.9 The Fan podcast feed as well. So thank you for the suggestion. It's duly noted and something that we have thought about. So we'll try to make that happen. So I lied. 45-17 wasn't a
5: previous score. It was an amalgamation of two different previous scores. Utah State won 45 one year. They won 54-17 another year so. Those two point totals have happened
4: in previous matchups, just not at the same time. Ah, okay. So uh, we don't have a lot of time left here before we turn it over to this week The Mountain West. So, Jason, let's get your score prediction for Saturday. How is Saturday's game going to play out? I'm immediately
5: regretting my decision on the pick six to go under on 42.5 points because in trying to inform myself with the last games, they've aver- the last three games, they've averaged 56 points. Uh... My my logic is that Utah State is going to run the ball a lot, not be too spectacular on offense, uh, run the clock down, and so not score as much points. More of a factor of just too much time of possession and running the ball. But I'm going to stick to my guns and say Utah State wins 41-3, to so under the 42.5. And I think their defense is going to be dominant against this Weber State team. You know, if they end up scoring more than three, it's probably going to be blowout or like just one touchdown drive. But I think that you know holding them to three points is very doable for this team.
4: Hmm. Okay, Uh, I I I similarly think Utah State will open things up and be able to score and get into the end zone. Um, I think that Weber State gets points on the board. They may come late. Who knows? The way things are going, they may come early and they not show anymore.
5: One game, their six points came on a fumble return touchdown with 50 seconds left
4: in the game. <laughs> but in the end, i have got Utah State at 45 and Weber State 13. So they get into the end zone once and get a couple of field goals. But uh, I think Utah State finds its offensive groove and puts 45 on the board uh 6891 with a prediction 35 to 21. See, that's an uncomfortable score for Yeah, me. that's that's like right where we were talking about uncomfortable scores the other day like
5: that's exactly it. You know I said Utah State in the mid 30s, Weber State around 20. Or I think that's what I said. I know I said Utah State in the mid 30s. But yeah, allowing like three touchdowns to Weber State, that'd be uncomfortable. I like I said in saying Weber State's going to score three points, I think Utah State will shut down Weber State. And if they
4: don't, I'll be a little disappointed. Uh, at Airshow training, it says thirty-eight twenty-four for the Aggies. Another uncomfortable one. <laughs> that's uh, a Two one 1- nine 9- for comfort.
5: Two one nine seven, maybe with a little bit of sass. Ags fifty-five zero. <laughs>
4: <laughs> flip it, flip it around. There you go. I like that. Uh, that's going to do it for us on this uh, segment for us here on the Full Court Press. The show continues with this week in the Mountain West. A look around the conference from last week and then what's ahead on the calendar for this weekend. That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
7: This year's Grand Latino Festival is Saturday, September 17th on Center Street in Logan. All are invited to celebrate the Latin culture with delicious food, lively music, dancing in the streets, and cultural performances. Festivities get underway at 4 p.m. with a parade of flags and authentic Latin dress. Then work off the calories to everyone's favorite dance-based workout, Zumba. This year's Latino Festival is presented by Gosner Foods, where you can earn between $15 and $20 an hour, quarterly bonuses, and free health insurance. Members First Credit Union, our name says it all. Thermo Fisher Scientific, Thermo Fisher is hiring. Join their team today. iFit, a global company committed to diversity and inclusion, welcomes everyone to the Latino Festival. Bring your family, your friends, and especially your appetite to the Grand Latino Festival, Saturday, September 17th, starting at 4 p.m. on Logan Center Street.
6: Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new, high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. Back to school time is here. You have a lot to do to get the kids ready, which includes new glasses. Crystal Vision can help. For a limited time, save 30% off frames and lenses for your child ages 18 and under. Plus, flex spending is due, so now is the time to get your order in. Send them back to school in style and save 30% off. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. Gold medal winner Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com.
0: Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
2: Drags the tackler into the end zone. This
6: is This Week in the Mountain West. And he
0: walks into the end zone. Touchdown! Mountain West Conference Champions. Hi, this is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network.
8: Here we go. Welcome into the Week 2 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. Great to have you aboard as we'll discuss all of the Week 1 results here on the show, plus get you all set for Week 2 and a slew of new opportunities for the league to continue to raise their national profile. Mountain West teams 6-5 and in 11 non-conference games in Week 1, highlighted by multi-score victories for Fresno State and Air Force, both of which are receiving votes in the AP poll and coaches poll, while Utah State still receiving votes in the coaches poll. Another big victory for the Mountain West in Week 1, Wyoming knocking off Tulsa in double overtime at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie, giving the Mountain West a 16-11 and record all-time against opponents from the American Athletic Conference. You can get much more on your favorite team plus all the action around the league at the themw.com and you can stream games and get highlights and features stories on the mountain west network recapping week one around the mountain west we got it rolling thursday night as fresno state quarterback jake hayner makes it now 20 straight games with at least one touchdown pass
6: nine minutes to go third quarter bulldogs with a 14 point lead shotgun snap to hayner fakes the give getting chased throws back to mims wide open to the 20 15 10 five he can walk in touchdown
8: jordan mims his third tonight Paul Leffler with the call from Learfield. The Bulldogs blow out FCS foe Cal Poly 35-7 as Hayner throws for a whopping 377 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Jordan Mibbs, three touchdowns on the night, two on the ground, that one through the air. Also from last Thursday, Chevin Cordero makes his San Jose State debut and the Spartans survive against feisty Portland State.
4: Cordero asked for the snap.
8: Looks underneath, now pulls it down. Now he's going to use his feet, cross the 30, cross the 25, cross the 20, makes a
4: move, 10-5, touchdown, San Jose State.
8: That's Kevin Richardson on the call for Learfield. Cordero scores a couple of touchdowns on the ground. Spartans 1-0 after a 21-17 win. On to Saturday in week one, Air Force coming into the season with high expectations and looking dominant right away against Northern Iowa.
6: Daniels to throw, nobody open, tucks, comes to the near side, still behind the line of scrimmage, oh. throws downfield, and he's got a man on the left side, making a beautiful catch, and running in is Dane Pittman for an
8: Air Force touchdown! That's Jim Arthur on KVOR. Hazek Daniels throws for 109 yards, including that 80-yard touchdown, plus the Falcons pile up 582 yards on the ground. That's a real-life number, and they win it 48-17. New Mexico starting year three of the Danny Gonzalez era in style, shutting out Maine 41-0 in Albuquerque. Miles Kendrick impressive in his Lobo debut, throwing for 170 yards and two touchdowns.
1: Second and goal from the 10. The tailback is white. Play fake. Swing it out.
8: song Gets a block on the edge. Turns up field and takes it to the house. 10-yard touchdown reception for Weissong. Robert Portnoy calling the action. We'll talk more to Rob later in the show about that impressive start for the Lobos and looking ahead to their Week 2 matchup Friday night with Boise State. Wyoming wins a wild one over Tulsa in double overtime, 40-37. If you missed this one, go to TheMW.com and check out those highlights. Here's just a taste with Reese Monaco on the call for Learfield as Andrew Peasley and Joshua Cobbs connect to tie it up in the fourth quarter.
2: Peasley fakes the give to James. Now he's got a
6: man wide open. It's
8: Win number one for Wyoming, the Cowboys are now 1-1. One and, one. and finally, from the opening week, the Division One Football Bowl Subdivision has exactly five 2-0 teams after week one. One of those five, the Nevada Wolfpack, building off a nice week zero kickoff win on the road at New Mexico State. The Wolfpack beat Texas State 38-14 last Saturday in Reno. Up next, Incarnate Word Saturday at Mackey Stadium. Joining us right now in his first season as the head coach at Nevada, it's Ken Wilson. Coach, welcome to the show. How does it feel to be 2-0? and Well,
2: it feels better than the alternative. You know that. So we're we're getting better, and we've played some uh, decent football, we got we got a lot of work to do, but 2-0 feels pretty good right now.
8: In two games, your defense has forced nine turnovers, six interceptions, three fumble recoveries. Bentley Sanders, the star against Texas State, two interceptions, one of them a pick-six. He had a forced fumble, and your offense was consistently set up with excellent field position there against the Bobcats. How much is that a point of emphasis for you and how you coach this defense, and how do you put your guys in that takeaway mindset?
2: Yeah, well, we we practiced it on, on every play of a practice. We we have a motto here that says "takeaways equal victory," and you know we're trying to get at least two every game. And we've we've surpassed that in both games. We're we uh, we attack the ball. We've got a really athletic secondary, and if we can get teams in pass situations, then we've got a lot of uh, guys back there that can that can ball hawk. And we've we've been good on run defense, which has kind of helped us in the past game and given us a chance to have our hands on some footballs.
8: You know, you mentioned getting those offenses in tough situations. When I spoke to you at Media Day, you were effusive in your praise for your senior defensive tackle, Dom Peterson. Already two games in, a couple of sacks, a forced fumble, a couple fumble recoveries. We knew he was a Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year candidate before the season, and he's lived up to the hype so far. How have you evaluated his play thus far this season?
2: Yeah, we we do a lot of things. You know, like I said uh, back at media day, he's the most disruptive D lineman that I've ever been around or ever coached. So, um, we try to put him in a lot of different positions. We pick different offensive linemen and try to work singles so he can get a one-on-one block. And it's pretty hard for most of the linemen in this in this conference in this country to handle him one-on-one. And I think in the first two games, he's been as, as disruptive as we thought he was going to be. And he certainly has. He has more in the tank there, but uh, he's, pre- he's produced in both games, and he's you know one of our leaders, and that's what's helped us get all these takeaways.
8: Yeah, the defense has looked strong so far. Let's talk about the offensive side of the football. Shane Ellingworth and Nate Cox have been sharing snaps and trading halves so far. What is your assessment of your quarterback play after two games?
2: Well, they did much better in the second game. You know, they, they both had their moments. We haven't been as consistent. Uh, on offense, as as we wanted to be, and you know we are running the ball. We're we're keeping uh, in the short fields. We're we are capitalizing on the takeaways, but we're still having a little bit of trouble generating a a continuous uh, drive with our offense. And you know I think whenever those guys get into tempo and they get going and they get into a rhythm, we we look pretty good on offense. It's just we're we're too uh, sputtery with it, and and each time we change quarterbacks, we seem to ignite. A little bit and we're hoping we get a little bit faster starting these next few games and and you know sustain throughout the whole football game
8: let's talk about that run game particularly i want to talk to you about towatawa uh, a couple more touchdowns to add to his career total saturday there against texas state he's now played 49 games for the university of nevada he's been through coaching changes he has split carries he blocks he runs hard every time he touches the football I really enjoyed my conversation with Toa at Media Day. What does he mean to your team and to your program?
2: Well, he you know, he's just unbelievably tough. And, uh, you know, you package, package him with Devontae Lee, and you got two powerhouses in there. And you just have to give them a little bit of space, and they're going to get yards on it. And we need to do a little bit better job of getting them the ball out in space so they have a little more room to run. But I think Toa, he sets the tempo for the offense. You know, he makes plays where there are no plays, and it's going to be our job to get him in some plays where there actually is a play there and he can get those big games, uh, and, you know, because he'll grind out the tough yards for you. But we need to pop him loose and, as well as Devontae and then change up across Patton and and get those guys consistently getting open holes to run through.
8: You know, on the offensive side of the ball, it's Toa Tawa and Devontae Lee. On the defensive side of the ball, Don Peterson, Tyson Williams, Bentley Sanders we know that this program went through a big transition and lost a lot of guys to the portal, brought in a lot of newcomers. Those names that I just mentioned, what does their leadership mean to this team and to this program at this moment?
2: Well, they're, I tell you, they're as highly a motivated group as you could possibly be around. They, they've they got a lot to prove. They feel like they got a chip on their shoulder. Um, they want to be great, which is which makes them easy to coach. And they're kind of dragging along the, the guys that we brought in, the B.J. Castiles, the Dale Von Campbells, the, the Cooper Schultzes, the guys that we brought in, the, you know, on both sides of the ball. They're kind of dragging those guys along and picking them up. And we started to see some of those guys make a few plays that, you know, the cross patents and all those other guys. But they are the driver of what we are doing right now, and they need to continue to be the driver.
8: All right, coach, so here you are in your 36th year as a college football coach in the fifth different decade that you've done this job, and you get your first opportunity as a head coach here at Nevada. When I look at your resume, I would somehow call you both well-traveled and a Nevada lifer. And those two labels don't necessarily jive. What was it about both your nearly two decades coaching there in Reno and your many other adventures around the West Coast that have prepared you for this moment and this job?
2: Well, I think one thing is, you know, longevity yet at the University of Nevada and raising a family here. My son played here. My wife graduated from here. So we have a strong bond with this community. Uh, our kids grew up in Little League and karate and everything else like everybody else's kids did here. And we enjoyed every minute of it. And then in 2012, uh, we made a family decision to take a chance to go to the Pac-12 and continue our journey to have a chance to come back and be a head coach someday. We didn't know if it would be the University of Nevada. We hoped it would, but we we, we knew we had to leave here to expand our horizons and get into Pac-12 do some good stuff, or at least hope to do some good stuff and continue to grow and work with some really good coaches and have the chance to be a head coach and When this job opened and and I was offered a chance to come down here and interview board it, it was it was really a dream come true for my family to be back my my son's here my daughter's back in town you know it's it's a great deal we've got a lot of family here and friends and and we're going to give this every second of our – and every ounce of our energy to help this program win championships.
8: All right, Coach, Incarnate Word coming up Saturday there at Mackey Stadium. Uh, a couple of keys to victory.
2: Well, we got we to stop the run. That's always our big deal. and We got to control the ball in offense. So we start every game plan that way. I mean, these guys from Incarnate Word, they scored over 60 points, and they only had the ball 18 minutes the other day. So that is an explosive, explosive offense. Their defense got them the ball back. They forced the punter, uh, the snapper from Southern Illinois, to snap the ball over the head of the punter twice. They returned the interception for a touchdown. I mean, they took a top-ten FCS team and demolished them at their own place. So our challenge is big. We've got to be better than we were the first two weeks, and that's the way college football is. So we went out and battled today and got better, and, we've got three more practices before we face those guys.
7: All
8: right, coach. Last thing is you take a look around this mountain West conference here in 2022. We'll get our first conference game coming up Friday night with Boise state and new Mexico. But as you look at this league and as you have scouted it before you get into conference play, what stands out to you about the mountain West here in 2022?
2: Well, I just, I I know before I got here to Nevada, you know, I think uh, they had a winning record versus the PAC 12 uh, last year. And so you know, that that opens people's eyes and we played a heck of a game with Fresno when I was at Oregon last year. So I know the talent and I see it every day. I know some of the coaches really well in this conference and I know how good they are at coaching and I know how good they are at developing and and seeing talent. And, you know, for this conference to go five and one in bowl games, I mean, it's a, it is a well-rounded conference. I think it's a very cohesive conference. The coaches, uh, all seem to be, uh, you know, solidified. We have a good time when we're together, and we compete our butts off whenever we're out on the field. So, you know, I think that that the talent, and you know, you, you hit the Fresno's, the San Diego State's, the Boise, the Utah State. I mean, over at San Jose, Brent's got those guys. So, you know, it's it is a conference where you uh, everybody in the in the in the United States is noticing this conference. Now we have to win some of the games on the big stage and on national TV.
8: Ken Wilson, year number one in Nevada. They're 2-0, and they'll take on Incarnate Word Saturday in Reno. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on a strong start. All
2: right, man. Thanks for the
8: call. We'll check in on New Mexico when we come back. The Lobos 1-0 with their conference opener set for Friday night against Boise State. The voice of the Lobos, Robert Portnoy, joins us when we return after this.
2: This is Ken Wilson, head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West, right after this timeout.
3: What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep. A better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart.
6: Boys & Girls Club of Northern Utah invites you to form a team and play in their second annual Scramble for the Structured Golf Tournament. It's set for October 3rd, 10 a.m. at the Logan Golf & Country Club. The $1,000 foursome fee includes golf, cart, and prime rib lunch after. All proceeds go towards creating a new Boys & Girls Club structure in Cache County. Contact the club in Brigham City or call Jenny Schultz at 435-723-6224. That's the Boys & Girls Club Scramble for the Structured Golf Tournament, October 3rd. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan, Cache Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cache Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty.
8: Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL it's a week one matchup of two Super Bowl contenders as Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals hi this is Chris Carino join Brian Baldiger and me for all the action as we kick off the new season in style with two of the league's top quarterbacks dueling in the desert it's the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs if it's the NFL it's right here Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM,
0: The Fan. This is Danny Gonzalez, head coach of the University of New Mexico Lobos. Welcome back
7: to This Week in the Mountain West.
8: The New Mexico Lobos posted their first shutout of the Danny Gonzalez tenure with a 41-0 win over Maine at University Stadium on Saturday. Next up, the conference opener for the 2022 season in the Mountain West as Boise State comes to town. Joining us right now to talk about this strong start for the Lobos, the longtime voice of New Mexico football and basketball, it's Robert Portnoy. Rob, welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, it's great to be with you, Nate. It's great to hear your voice. Hope you're doing well. And yeah, it was an exciting start. So
8: the conventional wisdom says that Division I teams are supposed to dominate FCS opponents, but that has not always been the case of late at New Mexico. Saturday night, Lobos blew out the Black Bears in Albuquerque. You called the action. How did they do it?
1: You're right. Uh, In fact, the last couple of times that they met a a non-FBS team, team uh it was tight. And so this was a, a welcome change. It was it was cool to see the Lobos dominate an FCS opponent the way they did. And it started with a totally remade offensive line made and um you know they brought in three transfers, uh another returning player who was just a, a part-time starter in his first season a year ago is now a full-time starter. And and really only one returning starter up front. And Coach Gonzalez called it the most physical line that he has had since he arrived. And they just pushed Maine around, and that was a really big jump from what the Lobos were a year ago, where uh, it's a team whose offense is predicated on the run, and and at times, and and too often, quite frankly, they struggled to run the ball, run the ball at all last year.
8: The Kansas transfer, Miles Kendrick, an efficient 14-17 throwing the football for 170 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but he also did throw two interceptions. What did you like, and where was there still room for improvement from Kendrick's Lobo debut?
1: I'm going to defer to Coach Gonzalez on the two picks. Uh, he said that the first one, Kendrick had predetermined where he was going to go with it. They ran the same type of play multiple times again over the course of the game. Or Kendrick had a chance to make the read and he did it all perfectly in terms of the mechanics. Um, so I'm going to, you know, just give him a pass on that one, whether it be uh, rust or nerves or whatever. That was very early in the game. The other pick was a play where the levels were kind of trying to press the, the issue a little bit at the end of the first half and, and maybe a throw he would like to have back. Um, but coach, Key also said another kind of teachable and very correctable, Mistake. I thought Miles Kendrick looked terrific. The, the thing for me, Nate, is he doesn't have to be a world beater. What I saw in camp is what I saw on Saturday, and that is a guy that makes the bread and butter throw, makes the meat and potato throws that you have to make in the contemporary spread option for an offense to function. And he always puts the ball where it's supposed to be, He seems to hit the receivers in those scenarios in stride. He doesn't turn the back around on the swing pass out of the backfield. He doesn't make the wide receiver have to reach to his back hip on the slant. He's very accurate. If he continues to do that and is able to scramble and even run in design scenarios like he did on Saturday, it could turn into a real dual threat.
8: Yeah, certainly good news for the Lobos. We're talking to Robert Portnoy, the voice of New Mexico football, as they get set now for Boise State. Robert, let's talk about the other side of the football. The defense gave up a mere 118 total yards there in week one. What stood out to you about that season opener from Rocky Long's unit?
1: They had a a really experienced and and very good and highly decorated senior quarterback of Maine, Joe Fagnano, um, completely unsettled the entire game. Uh, And it was a, a big offensive line that was supposed to be a strength of their team. And he was disrupted from the jump. His first pass was picked off, and he never seemed to get comfortable. Uh, Defense that finished 44th in the country in total offense last year returns more than half of its starters. And I feel like can be just as good, if not better, than it was a season ago with all the experience returning. I think the linebacking group is fantastic. The back end, the three safeties, uh, all were started a year ago with another year of experience. Obviously, you have a preseason All Mountain West guy in, in uh, Jarek Reed, and I think Tavian Combs and Ronald Wilson ultimately will be even better than Reed. Um, it's a defense that will keep the Lobos in games this year, without a doubt, in my opinion. Can the offense be good enough to give them a chance to win? We'll see.
8: Yeah, dynamic secondary, and we know that's the area of expertise for Rocky Long. Rob, Rocky Long was calling the defense from upstairs in the booth on Saturday, something that, according to reports, he had not done since 1990. But, but let's expand on that. What, what is that relationship like between Danny Gonzalez and his, his mentor and longtime boss turned uh, now defensive coordinator, Rocky Long?
1: It's gold. The relationship is pure gold. I think it's a genius move, Nate. So here's the thinking behind it. The two of them know the defense so well, inside and out. Coach Gonzalez has multiple seasons now running the defense with his own twist on it himself, right? For Coach Long and then again for Coach Edwards at Arizona State, San Diego State and Arizona State respectively. So essentially you have two defensive coordinators standing right next to each other on the sideline. They talked about it. They decided this doesn't make a lot of sense. Let's put you upstairs. Coach G talking to Rocky. Let's put you upstairs, Coach Long, and you can see it from up there. I can see it from down here. We can communicate with each other on what we see that might be different or might be similar. And Coach G said that he thought it worked fantastic on Saturday. So it's it's getting the eye in the sky essentially, and he thought that you know Coach Long just absolutely knocked it out of the park. But why wouldn't he? He's one of the great defensive minds in college football, but back upstairs, you know, looking down, maybe you saw some things that you can't see from the sideline, and I think it was just a genius move.
8: Yeah, great storyline to keep an eye on right now. Okay, so Boise State Friday night, and we watched the Broncos struggle in their opener against Oregon State. What kind of opportunity is sitting there for this Lobo team to try and get themselves a program-altering win?
1: (sighs) It sure is tempting to think, based on that first-week performance and their struggles out of the gate, that Maybe Boise is vulnerable, but everybody knows better. Um, they're just as tough and, and well-coached and athletic um, as they've always been, and they showed their grit in, in making that a game after getting down big early. Um, it, it would be a program-defining type of win early on, right? It, it's just a five-year project at minimum, I think, for Coach Gonzalez, but if, if they could pull something like this off in his third year at home, against one of the linchpins in the league, um, that would be a true signature win here. And really, if you're trying to build momentum within a fan base, right, and the Lobos have three home games straight out of the gate, if they could do that, um, you know, the, the interstate rival uh, UTEP follows, University Stadium could be packed. It's a really tasty scenario, I have to admit.
8: Yeah, tempting to say the least. All right, Lobo's got a chance Friday night against Boise State. First game in Mountain West play here in the 2022 season. Robert Portnoy will be on the call Friday night on the Lobo Radio Network. Robert, excellent work. Thank you so much. Enjoy that game on Friday night.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me, Nate. Appreciate you. Keep up the great work yourself, sir.
8: We'll preview the entire week two schedule when we return here on the Mountain West Radio Network.
6: This is Andy Ovalos, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. We'll be back with more of this week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Chris from the Cater Shop menswear store. We believe how you look is the first message you deliver. This also includes our floors at the store. Daryl at Chem Drive Northern Utah and his team came in after hours, cleaned the entire store, and had it ready to go before we opened the next day. I trust Daryl and his team from Chem Drive Northern Utah. Chem
7: Drive of Northern Utah. Drive of Northern Utah. 435 752
6: Cache Valley is growing. If you're new to the area or here for school, you should pick up a free copy of the Best of Northern Utah magazine. That's where you'll find the area's top businesses voted on by our local community. Any service or product you might need, you'll find it in the Best of Northern Utah magazine. Pickup locations are throughout Cache Valley. For a location near you, visit bestofnorthernutah.com. Our local businesses are the heart of our community, so please support all of our business community by shopping local.
0: Best of Northern
6: Utah.
4: The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young.
6: Come alive with the forest. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a forest near you. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the
2: Ad Council.
8: Your station for local sports. Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
6: This is Marcus Arroyo, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. We kick off week
8: two with the first conference game of the season in the Mountain West. Mountain Division showdown with Boise State at New Mexico Friday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on CBS Sports Network. The Broncos 9-1 against the Lobos since joining the Mountain West back in 2011. 10 games Saturday starting at 1.30 Mountain Time on CBS. A front-range showdown. Air Force hosting 0-1 Colorado at the Academy. The Falcons beat the Buffaloes in overtime back in 2019. Colorado State will play their home opener against Middle Tennessee at 2 p.m. in Fort Collins on Ivaca and streaming on the Mountain West Network at the MW.com. Same kickoff time for Wyoming and Northern Colorado on the Mountain West Network in Laramie. Plus, UNLV and Cal kickoff. Off at 1 p.m. Pacific on Pac-12 Bay Area. The Rebels at 1-0 coming off a bye. Ken Wilson's Nevada Wolf Pack with a chance to go 3-0 hosting Incarnate Word at Mackey Stadium on the Mountain West Network and Nevada Sportsnet. The evening window of games gets rolling at 5 p.m. Mountain time with Utah State hosting their in-state rivals Weber State on the Mountain West Network. The Aggies looking to bounce back after getting shut out at top-ranked Alabama last week. San Jose State and Auburn kickoff from Jordan Hare Stadium, 430 Pacific on ESPNU, while San Diego State will take a second crack at getting their first ever win at Snapdragon Stadium against Idaho State, 5 p.m. Pacific in another game you can stream on the Mountain West Network. Hawaii visits fourth-ranked Michigan in a game kicking off at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 2 p.m. in Hawaii on Big Ten Network. And we wrap up a huge Saturday with a good one. Oregon State at Fresno State on CBS Sports Network at 7.30 Pacific Time. And that will do it for the week two edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest news score standings and highlights plus you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the mountain west network at the mw.com i'm your host nate Kreckman. thank you so much for listening and enjoy week two of the
0: college football season this is craig thompson commissioner of the mountain west we'll talk to you next week right here on this week in the mountain west